I'll give you a clue. It was Grimsby. They are pressing quite well. What's happened there? You've got to be joking. Oh, sorry, I've done the wrong around. I've run an arrow. Sorry. He must have a horseshoe up his ass. <laughs> if we're playing on professional and that's happening for Barcelona. Um, uh, two years ago. Sorry about that. <laughs> that. I'm sorry, that's just put me off the game. I'm not having that. Anyway, segue, moving on. What has that got to do with football? Why is that out of football ground? Hello and welcome to another ramble from the Honest Football Podcast where we bring honesty back to the beautiful game. I'm the Octopus Craig Savage and joining me as always is the wandering dog Daniel Cody and the voice of the people Charlie Betts. So great, you obviously alluded to some um, some nicknames there in the uh, in the intro. Can you please explain yourself? Would you like to elaborate on them? Yeah, well, I, people have played uh, football with me, they normally call me the Octopus because I somehow... Unlike Wan Basaka, he's he's a spider. I am the. Uh, Let, let's not sugarcoat it, Craig. It's because you often get out of position and are safe by long legs. No, Basically, I don't say out of position. I just no, no, get you, my, do. I do. you get out of position more than Magic Bukera. I will say, in your defence, Craig, yeah, many a time I've seen you be maybe um, in a challenge that was at least 80 20 in their favour and come out with the ball, and yet to this day I still don't know how that happens. Apart from the fact that you've got these octopus legs that sort of wriggle your way through. But to be honest, out of the three nicknames, that was the kindest one. Yeah, that's the kindest one. And then Should we move on to... Uh, what wandering... surprise, it was for himself. <laughs> Should we move on to the wandering dog? The wandering dog. So, uh, obviously, we all know Daniel's part of the uh, load, load of them event. on I'm YouTube. part of it, I am it. He is it. He <laughs> is. On a serious note, Dan, obviously a big week for you this week, isn't it? Yes. In terms of your channel and all of that. It came out... Well, I booked the next two weeks off at work because the football manager beta normally comes out two weeks before the game. Right. Um, and this week they decided to do it almost three weeks early, so it was right at the end of a working day. So that was a long oh, man. I didn't even, didn't know that we even got the announcer to you, said it. I know. So uh, two two stories for me this weekend. I'll be a very busy boy next. So about um, really really quickly without uh, overloading too much stuff that you would also hear on your YouTube channel. What can we expect? What have you released already that we can? Well, a wandering dog is a, is a play on words of Dorking Wanderers, of course, who will be my long term. You're not story. actually a wandering dog. Uh, and then a big to save with Luton Town and plenty more challenges to come. And then Charlie Betts is the voice of the people. The and voice, this has been controversial. Yeah, the, the voice of the people. So, Charlie um, got asked by someone from BBC Three Counties Radio for an interview. Again? Again. Not well, us two. Can I give this a slight bit of context? So, no. I wasn't originally meant to be doing the interview. It was about doctor's appointments. Now, the awkward Something part Something you know nothing about. No, the awkward part of this is obviously Dan, our very good friend, runs a whole doctor's surgery and I'm moaning, and, of which I am now part of, and I was called on air at the time of the transition between two surgeries. That's one thing I must make clear. That I, I was moaning about my old doctor's surgery, not the one that Dan runs. Because that is fantastic. Because it is A1, I will say that for him. But anyway, I was meant to do that. Uh, sorry, so my wife was meant to do that, and then her voice went, so I did it and stepped in. Turned out I was a sensation. Because of the, <laughs> <laughs> off of the back of that, over the summer holidays, Look East, which is the local BBC TV channel, uh, dot channel, uh, news programme, Oh, texted me and said, would you mind coming on if we came around to your house and interviewed you about to elaborate on your radio interview? And then they saw your face and saw it. No, 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 no. I love how In fairness, I thought I... Well, no, because they must have got it. Because obviously, when, it, when believe it or not, it's not as technical when you speak on radio. I was literally on my phone, talking through my phone to the radio. But if you'd have done the Look East one, you could have had at the bottom of the screen, Charlie Betts, presenter of the Honest Football Podcast. <laughs> no, talking about had, Charlie Betts, voice of the people. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, off the back of that then, um, I, I, I knocked them back. 
Um, because oh. I didn't really want to go that far. I, I mean, I didn't completely believe in everything I was saying on the radio, but I was sort of doing it to fill a gap. You just <laughs> want to go on ITV. You're, e- you're an egomaniac. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, I've also done bigger things. I was on ch- uh, Crime Watch in front of a million and a half people uh, about six years ago, but we'll not talk about that now. What crime did you commit? No, no. You got arrested. I, 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 I did, yeah. I, I, I remember watching that work. So basically, they'd come to the school I was working at at the time to uh, show the kids how to do forensic science, and I'd stolen some sweets, and they tracked my footprints and other bits oh, so of So you were actually doing I was actually on Crime Watch. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, I famously said the word gobble because of panic because it was live TV. It was live at nine in the morning. <laughs> I, I said that I gobbled all of the sweets, and then I got about fifteen hundred texts from my mates going gobbled. Who says gobbled? Nothing can go wrong. It is it genuinely, It's on YouTube somewhere. I'll have to try and dig it out. And this is why we don't live stream. <laughs> no, no. So yeah. So there was that. So, um, but we might in the future. But then I got a phone call again on Wednesday to say, you know, there's a, a new story about doctor surgeries. Not the same story we've done before what's your opinion on it? Would you mind coming on the radio to talk about it? So uh, inadvertently, the two stories are completely unrelated. One was about how to get an appointment with doctors. This one was about the possibility of the, the surgery charging for appointments, etc. Which we're not going to discuss. No, but the point being is they're two completely unrelated stories. But for some reason, they contacted me again. So I gave myself the title, the voice of the people, because if they want someone to talk about the doctor's surgery from a patient's perspective, I am your man. So if you want to so get out there. So doctor surgeries... He's, he won't talk about Brexit, no. and he can barely talk about football. He is the voice <laughs> of the people. And he's also a teacher that can't talk about teaching. <laughs> but no, no, that's that's that. In a football-related note, I want to quickly share this story before we move on to the big stuff. So, um, at the time of recording, this is a, a Friday, on the Thursday, I had a school match. Okay, Now, school football is not glamorous the way it used to be. I was the only person out there from my school, so I had to obviously run the game and referee it at the same time. Right. Got a fantastic 4-3 win, won't go through corner routines, etc. Yes. <laughs> The point being, at one point, my school had the ball in the opposition's half and had taken a shot. Now, the defender for the other school has put his hands up by his head. For those of you who can't see it, basically, his elbows... Well, the, the people that are listening on Spotify... His elbows are by his ears. Hands directly up. Above yes. his head. Now, from my perspective, it looked like it hit his arms. And he's pretty much caught the ball. But it's hit him around this area here. Right. So I've blown for a penalty. It's quite awkward giving a penalty for your own team anyway when you're refereeing. It's awkward enough as it is. Anyway, you know, the kid sort of turned away, hand on his sort of face. Vintage you, this. Vintage you. Yeah, you can see where this is going. So I thought, no, no, he's doing that as a thing to try and get out of saying it hit him in the face. So I give him the penalty. So, so not only have you have you been biased towards your school, <laughs> you've also flagrantly disregarded a head injury. <laughs> nice no, word. So the kid, nice the kid was stood up just walking towards his teacher. So at that point, I've set up for the penalty. So I've said, you know, penalty. The boy's about to run up. The kid whose arms, inverted commas, it hit, turned around and has got a massive nosebleed where it's hit him straight in the face rather than his hands. So I gave a penalty to a boy who got hit in the face with a, a giant nosebleed because it's obviously hit him straight in his boat and it caused his nose to bleed. And I thought it genuinely was a penalty. The, the justice of all of it is the school that I work for, they missed the penalty. I would like to say deliberately, but he didn't. But I, I'd already given the penalty. I could have hardly reversed the decision. <laughs> So yeah. So basically, a, what you're trying to say is you, one that you copied what Chris Morning did for Rome in the Europa League two weeks ago, and no. two, <laughs> two, you needed VAR. I did need VAR to be honest, but which it probably like, wouldn't have done anything. It looked like it hit his arms. Well, he won't, he okay. won't be able to go and see the screen. Obviously, it looked like it hit his arms, but then when the kids turned around and basically had a bloody nose, it obviously hit him straight in the face instead so, of his arms. So for you, who spend every week after these episodes playing Pro Evolution Soccer Two and complaining that Craig is all about winning. And you were that determined no. to get your school a victory. I swear, on a serious note, I, I swear... I know you're new to the job, but it's not that important. 
I swear, as I sit here, I honestly thought it hit his arm. I mean, I mean what I wanted to say to him, well, the, the I know it's being, unfortunate. I know it's unfortunate. What is his arm doing up there? Hey, that's exactly what I wanted to say to him. You're 11 years old. You should know better than that. As, Don't as, be as, your as, arm as, as a football manager, I will be questioning why his arm uh, Let us know on, on Twitter, at HonestFootball3. Do you believe Charlie's explanation? <laughs> and we start off with a managerial casualty in the championship and... The one that we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks should have happened has finally happened and Nathan Jones has been sacked from Stoke City. At the time of recording, this has obviously happened this afternoon, so, you know, breaking news in our end. Uh, yes. I don't know. I, the snake yeah. has gone. He's been whatever. The first um, question I'm going to pose to you two really quickly, is he a bad manager overnight? And if, take away the emotional side of it just for a minute. Is he a bad manager overnight? Or no. did he have a toxic club that was probably going to head that way regardless of who took charge, uh, unless they were a huge I name. think with um, whoever took over Stoke after uh, Gary Rarick, um, it's always going to be a, a hard place to, to, to go turn up. So I understand for you two particularly there's an emotional attachment, but if you remove no, that, no, yeah. no, no, there's no doubt in he's a very good young coach and manager. I said at the very time he left Luton for Stoke, is I don't begrudge him going to a bigger club. The way he did it was stupid. Yeah. Luton fans will never forgive that. But the biggest thing I didn't get is why Stoke. Because... All of the values they've held for so long are the complete opposite in footballing philosophy to what Nathan Jones yeah. does. And it didn't make any sense. He tried the diamond at the start of the season and was forced to change it because it didn't work. They he won a couple of games in a different diamonds. shape. Mm. He didn't he, have to play He had the transfer window. He's back to replace the whole squad. Yeah. And I've, I've said it from the start. It's just a really strange move. I couldn't understand. As we know, if he'd stayed at Luton and got them up, he would have been managing the Premier League for Brighton now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If he'd been a youth coach and yeah. assistant manager there, he would have been their first choice. So I've got his uh, records for Luton and for Stoke. So at Luton, yeah. he had 170 games, 87 wins, 46 draws and 37 defeats, which was a record of 51%. Mm, which is very Compared good. to Stoke, where he's had 38 games, only 6 wins, 15 draws and 17 losses, which is 15%. Yeah, yeah. Which, the complete... Dr- Contrast of both clubs. I know obviously he had Luton, where it's League Two and League One, but for someone obviously for Stoke, it was never going to go. It was no, never going to say overturn straight away. The record was it, it's always going to drop. Before Dan talks about it, cause he knows a lot more about it than me. For me, re, you know, removing the emotional side of it, I feel like he's a. I feel sorry for him because he's a good manager. And I feel like he was very naive to take that particular job. He was not financially. Naive. I get that. You know, I imagine. I don't know. Can't say, but you know the the the. Um, Incentive of going from Luton with all due respect. Well, his payoffs estimated to be half a million, to put it in perspective. Yeah, compared to what you know. But like you say, if it had been just a bit more patient, he would have got a move somewhere. Even if it wasn't in the Premier League of Brighton, there, you know, there's, there'd have been other a championship club that plays in that style. Yeah, that he could probably have a lot more of an impact on. Stoke was on the way down as it was. To anyway. be honest, the, the thing where I lose uh, sympathy for him is that I believe there was an element of arrogance there in taking mm. that job. I'm flying with Luton so I can do it anywhere. Yeah. Partly not understanding and taking aside my bias to the club. There is a, the squad at Luton has a very special character mm. at the moment. And there are certain clubs that have that. So like Leicester at the moment, the last few years, that's yeah. always been the case at Leicester. But in terms of taking that job, I feel sorry for him in the sense that it was never going to work from the start. No. But then why be stupid enough to take it when you had a brilliant job? Because it was yeah. only for the money. As we said, there can't have been another good reason. So It, can't, just it, could, to, it, could, it could have been footballing. But just to, no we way. say that, just to make devil's advocate ever so slightly, and I'm only doing this you know, to give both sides of the argument, I agree with what you're saying about footballing-wise, and they were probably on a down, but you look at the players on paper, on paper, you know, Butland, Ince, people like that, it's not like he was taking over a shit squad. You no. know, I know that, that yeah, people like Croucher are obviously going out the door and things like that, but the, the they weren't the worst team that, 
there's there's yeah, oh yeah on paper on paper, relegated, on paper on paper it's a great side but you don't play on paper no okay, no right, I agree what I'm saying is, is the thing is it just it that group of players wasn't really a group of players no but that's the point I'm saying. saying but if I, if I was him to, I'm not saying I agree with him but if I was offered the job and saw those list of names on paper, oh, you, you, I would probably be quite intrigued. Say, so, well, do you know what? I might be. I reckon I could get them in. It's, a back it's up one of the things like that, that happens. Any system that would work, any system wouldn't work. For that, that group of players, any system would just. Wouldn't but work. would you only know that once you were in the club? Or do you oh, think it was quite clear and obvious from the outside that that was always going to happen? Whoever took over. Well, you look at it when you joined the club in the first place. Look where they were on the table. If no, they were, if they were I, like, mid, middle of the cha- like, say, like, yeah. top half the championship, just before the playoffs. I can understand, yeah, I can understand why you're going there, but straight at the time, we were mid to bottom half table, mm. not doing anything, and struggling, and they just recently got relegated. Yeah. So, um, I can understand, but the thing is, he's had the summer, he's had the summer break, obviously he's brought in a load of new players, some really good players, and and once again, yeah. it's not clicked. The biggest, the biggest problem with clubs like that, and Sunderland had it a couple of years before, when they come down from the Premier League, and particularly in Sunderland's case because they have financial trouble as well, and Stoke probably trying to save a little bit on the wage budget. Well, so it's still a well the, yeah, but the problem is that they have all these players coming out because they don't forget they were an established Premier League side. Oh, they, 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 were, they were a surprise Europe, they? for a few years. So they were they they had players like Butland that you mentioned yeah. probably on the best part of a hundred grand a week. Yeah, yeah. England, active in England international well, number two I'll, goalkeeper. I'll be surprised if he was. He wouldn't have been far off. He was England's number. What more? He was, he was touted to be England's. If he's on less than 70, 80 grand a week in the Premier League, I'll be shocked. But the point is, when they come down and that squad that Jones is trying to build in the summer, where they're all the the sort of younger, hungry mm. footballers, whatever, they're on what somewhere between five and twenty grand a week, most of them. Mm. That disparity in the dressing yeah. room is going to be a huge problem. And it happened at Sunderland where they had the players coming down on sixty grand a week. You see, you saw that Jack Ross when he came in. The first thing he did was started releasing them. Sunderland like the Undongs and people like that yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it was just poisonous in the club Yeah, yeah. because you've got these guys coming in their Ferraris going here we go I'm getting 60 grand a week and I'm not even on the bench mm. and these True. kids on 5 grand a week oh no it's still a very decent yeah. amount of money but in comparison to them, well I'm doing a better job than you and I'm getting mm. this maybe I don't have to work that hard yeah, I think I know. I think it's something that happens so it. often when yeah. clubs come down. No, I happened at Villa, didn't it? The first year they came down as well. The good news for you, please. Uh, Rui Delap, Kevin Russell, and Andy Cree are taking charge for the first team game on Monday against West Brom. Which means we'll see the return of the very, very long throw because I, Rory Delap will make sure that happens. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so are they already part of the coaching setup there? I think they're already at the club anyway. But right. obviously, um, Jones, uh, Paul Hart, and Wacken Gomez, the first team coach, they're all gone. So they're what a shame, mate. Eh? Um, what a shame. Can yeah. I can I make a prediction? Uh, Nathan Jones next Portsmouth manager. Ooh, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Think Kenny but who, 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 he's struggling. He's he's. Well, Hearts Hearts are looking for a new manager. Yeah, Hearts are looking. Craig well, Levine got sacked. Well, well, the he's still in the club though. Yeah, he's, he's it's a weird yeah, thing. Like a, well, I was going to talk about that later, but yeah. The reason I say Paul, um, I say Portsmouth is because of Paul Hart as well. Obviously, has previous attachments. Yeah. and probably still has. A I, don't think, I don't think Paul Hart will want to go. He wouldn't go, but he'll certainly give Nathan Jones a, a Sa- reference. South Coast as well, which is obviously I assume Nathan Jones must. You know, obviously he's the focus is right and yeah, that sort of thing. He's he's going to probably stay this yeah, part of the country. Who do you think will take over from Stoke? Whoever it is, I was going to say it has to be either a well-established. Ex or current Premier League. Not I, think, I think Premier now the United League. job's probably off the table. Sam Allardyce. It'd be someone like I don't that. think United well, jobs are available now. But I don't think anyone but someone like him or a Pewis can turn that club around. And I think that the, well, the, they tried the footballing route twice. Exactly. Now, it worked. Rowell yeah. and, and oh, yeah. And I think it's it's such a the, the expectation from the fans, the expectation now from well pretty much every other club in that league. You know, the only people who could turn around is someone who's got a big enough 
experience and ego, and that probably is someone like an Allardyce or a Pulis. I can't really, outside of those two, I can't see. I can't see know, anyone else. Yeah, one of the old merry-go-round. Yeah. David Moyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moisey, Yeah. How much longer was Woodgate to be a job for as well? So wow. yeah, that could. That's surprising. Woodgate. But yeah. But United managers. Mm, it's a shame that. Well, I say it's a shame. Years ago, fuck them. Oh no, uh, anyway. no, Craig. You want to talk to us about after a, a week, pretty much. I know we don't talk about Premier League football, but after a week of high-scoring football matches in the last seven days. You wanted to go on that sort of thing, so obviously we had the Leicester game on the Friday yeah, night. Yeah, so I watched Leicester the Leicester game. Then midweek you had the Arsenal-Liverpool Carabao Cup. Um, yes, it finished five Yeah, Crazy, crazy game. And, and you wanted to go down that route and talk about it. Yeah, um, also quickly, we'll first talk about that 5 game, how ridiculous that was. Yeah. Um, for Arsenal's point of view, is to go 3-1 up, then 4-2 up, and 5-4 up, and then lose it. It's, Imagine it's scoring just... five goals on the road and not winning it. Yeah, no, not no, winning it. And crazy. losing penalty shootout as well. That's just a double whammy. Well, but... It was quite interesting because Liverpool interesting. pretty much tried to lose the game and they've still gone through. They've still gone through. One, they've still gone through. And two... And then after the game, they so might not is there any chance we can get the Arsenal through instead? Yeah, because that didn't make any sense. But the thing is with that, EFL surely must have known as a, as a, a random possibility that Liverpool might actually yeah. get through to the quarter-finals of the EF, um, that EFL That would quite a lot of meticulous planning now. But the thing is, they knew. What's not the point? But they knew that they're going to be in the Club World Cup mm. in that time. True. True. No, I agree with you. I mean, Liverpool's fixtures, I think, is nine in the next... Nine in, fr- uh, in, December. Nine in December, and it's every three days or something. Yeah. Like. But, but yeah, who cares about The principle being problem. is that, you know, it's a bit annoying, because I agree with what you're saying about the League Cup. I'm going to flip it and say, should Liverpool have entered, knowing that there's a possibility they could have got there, rather than taking the place of another well, lower league team who could have got a bit of As we out. mentioned, um, this problem all could have been solved if Liverpool were dealt with appropriately if playing an eligible player. Well, yeah, again, yes. I'm now going to susp- have the suspicion maybe it was done deliberately. Yeah. If I was um, the EFL, I'd be kicking myself for not putting the, it up the one, The one thing I would say with Liverpool, based on that line-up they played in that game, I would argue seven or eight of them won't be in that 20-man squad to go to no. the Club World Cup anyway. But the thing is that, that He's I, already I said think it's really scheduled, like the, the EFL Cup game, it, it won, and then the next day is their Club World Cup game. So they've got two games in technically. But he's saying, because I think there was a discussion that he could leave a squad behind and some of the assistant manager. Yeah. yeah. But we won't have the under-23 manager in charge. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go on. Obviously, we're talking about high games and... Uh, high-scoring games. High-scoring games. <laughs> high games, high-scoring games. Obviously, we saw obviously Leicester. Yeah. Uh, funny enough... I don't I like seeing that. Don't like seeing I think, that. Funny enough, a few days before that, but no, it's gone on notice, uh, Doncaster beat Southend 7-1. Seven they was Sol Campbell named manager of Southend. Can I just point Sol out... Because the problem... And I, that's why I'm glad you mentioned that. Because all of the news articles after... Oh, Sol Campbell, South End, who's 7 1 to Doncaster. <laughs> the poor bloke was appointed two hours before and sitting in the stands. <laughs> Had nothing to do with it whatsoever. Yeah. And they've put in some decent performances since, despite That's losing. A hell of a job he's got on his hands now. He's got it? a massive job. Yeah, but we said the same last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, Maxwell's still not playing their players. You wonder how many more of those he's got to take. not far off that either. No, true. You wonder how many more of those jobs he's got to take before he gets a big one. Should he have held on for Portsmouth? And he's both pumpy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Should he have held on for yeah. that? Anyway, go on, Craig. Sorry. So, I'll, I'll give you some high scoring games. Um, from the EFL, League 1, League 2 in the Championship. Um, so, start with last season. West Brom, we, we talked about West Brom v QPR last season. Yeah. Because um, I see Steve McLaren was surely getting booed by then. 7-1. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was it, yeah. yeah. A crazy game in League 1. Sunderland 4, Coventry 5. Remember that one. Remember that one very that well. Had a, that had a big impact on Luton's season. Uh, also last season in League 2, Mansfield beat Oldham 6-1. Yes, right. Uh, so the season before that... Oh, this, this season? Last season. Oh, this season. Oh, this season, sorry. Yeah, I was going yes. to say, I think well. about the head injury in the game. Yes, that was recent as well. Um, obviously the season uh, before that, 
Uh, I mean, that, that's Charlie Stahl stats from you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Right, I, I'll write it down as well. I'll write it down. You're better than that. <laughs> Just believe in yourself, mate. Villa uh, 5, Forest 5 last season as yes. well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that um, the inside hit an absolute world John McGinn, wasn't it? John McGinn, John McGinn. Yeah, yeah. Was that the world again? John McGinn? No, that was Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, sorry, sorry. On the body. Yeah, go on, yeah, yeah. Um, 17 18 season. Luton, obviously, in League 2 at the time. 8 2 against Joville. 7 1 against Stephen Nick. 7 0. I forgot about the 8 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, against Cambridge just a few games funnily enough um, League 1 wise they don't really have high scoring games in, in right. recent seasons I'm going back to 2015-16 they don't really have high scoring games which is quite surprising compared to like the championship where 17-18 uh, uh, Fulham beat Br- Burton Albion 6-0 mm-hmm. and Bristol City and Hull drew 5 all as well so why is 5 all such an insane very popular scoreline I'm trying to obviously uh, so, I'm not going back a bit further Sir Alex Ferguson's last game Sir Alex Ferguson's last game was a 5 all there's, uh, there's plenty of I guess the the higher levels you get a few more of them so like that West Brom United game there was nothing on it you yeah. get more of those oh, yeah. I guess the teams in the middle of the championship towards the end of the year you get a bit more of that mm. which is great um, other, I'm going to give you some more high scoring games uh, Norwich 7 Reading 1 in 2016-17 season QPR nil, Newcastle 6 uh, in League 1 in the 17-18 season Oxford nil, Wigan 7 lovely Uh is a funny one for you. Like in 16, uh, 2016-17 season, three games ended six one in League Two. That weird. That I don't. Yeah, yeah. Six how often do you find six one? Yeah. It? So uh, obviously Cambridge beat more from seven nil, and you can remember the famous one on the opening day of League One. Norwich won Colchester seven. Oh, and then Paul Lambert moved clubs from Colchester yeah. to Norwich just after and took them up. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I will say though, just to, to flip back slightly. How often have you gone to it or been involved in a game where you said, do you know what, we could have had seven or eight today? And I think sometimes you get those days, you know, you've had that many chances and, you know, you've hit the post or, you, you know, you think, oh, we've hit the post twice, hit the bar. Well, on some days it hits the bar and goes in and some of those days it just, everything just goes. I think that's a re- re- I don't know if you, but no, what I mean is, is, you know, you know, in those sort of situations, sometimes I don't think you create necessarily more chances than what you would have done in a game that you won two one, yeah. yeah, you just. I, get, I guess I'm a bit spoiled because I guess like obviously you've just started a favourite game series, and I'll mm. be one of the upcoming episodes for that. Yeah, is that when we were talking about my football history with Luton? There's been so many six sevens and eights yeah. in the leagues. It's been brilliant, especially yeah, especially recent times. Yeah, mm. but I think where's the next high scoring game going to come from? Well, I, I, I think yeah. the thing is, I'll say it now when at the time of recording on a Friday night and we'll get to Saturday's game and then someone will score yeah. seven. I hate to say it, but I think uh, it might be a Premier League game. I think Norwich could have a, a big whopping coming on yeah. someone because they are struggling but, defensively. Uh, obviously, going back, I know we're not a Premier League podcast as much, but that Leicester game mm. was just well, that was the start. ridiculous. I, I don't like seeing that. I, even if you're on the high end of, the other end of a 5-0, it's horrible. As a player, as a fan, it's the worst feeling. Like, you know, a few times you go, like, I'll be honest, as a, as a home fan, watching Man City come to your ground and beat you like 5 0, it is the, by the fourth goal, you're just like, I've had enough. Like, you know, and goodness knows what it must be like as a player. We've all probably played in games where we've been 3, 4, 5 0 down. Well, I, I had a, I had a, and you're a bit like, I had, I had a Sunday game last week, and um, I started as a sub, and by the time I come on the pitch, I was 5 0 down. Yeah, it's just, I don't understand. I had, a, uh, I had a school game completely off topic uh, in high school about 13 and the person who was supposed to be in goal 
got detention 20 minutes before the end of the, the school day. <laughs> so they had to get, like, we got like some, like one of the nerdy kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be politically correct, couldn't find the word. Um, it was about five foot four in a full size goal. Um, and we lost 15 1. <laughs> and, and the opposition had 16 shots. And the only reason one of them didn't go in is because it bounced off him with a rebound, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he did everything in that game, conceded a back pass, yeah. uh, a corner went straight in. A couple of penalties, yeah. a free kick, absolutely everything in that game. To sum it up for me, I don't mind seeing one team score seven goals as long as the other team score maybe four or five. I don't mind seeing like a seven four or something like that. I hate seeing seven nil, seven ones. I think it's horrible. It's like it's like watching you know when you know you watch boxing and you see a bloke who's on the ropes, he's gonna go down any second. It's horrible, you just see him being toyed with. I think it's harder I think it's harder if you're a home fan and you lose. Yeah, seven it's just not nice to watch. It is honestly it's horrible. But yeah, no, what so hopefully you, what, as a fan, what, what can you do? You've got nothing. You've got to sit there grinning and would you would you go There's home? There's nothing early? you can do, is there? Would you go home early? Would you leave no. the ground? No, no, I wouldn't leave the ground, but you want to appreciate your Equally, as much as I guess for us it's different because we're we're football fans, not just yeah, are loyal to our club, but general football fans. We go to neutral games. We'll have that moment. Say, well, actually, I'm going to see a moment of history here. Mm. That's true. That's true. I'm seeing something quite special, even if it's not from my side. Mm. Now it is time for Charlie's Tales of the Unexpected. I've changed the name again because we've gone, been going for about two weeks. He's titled it with his own name now. I've titled it with my own name. Uh, <laughs> well, so, the, voice <laughs> the voice of the people. No, no, I sound very arrogant, but I'm not. Um, so, Thank you very much. Huh? Craig has been begging me and begging me to do a bit more of a recent Tale of the Unexpected. And you know, I've been batting him off because I've had some good ones to get out. But now, Craig, it's time for one that you're going to really enjoy because it's from the 1990s. It's still 20 years ago. But In we'll particular... The, uh, we're going back to January the 27th, 1994. Now, we're going back to the Caribbean Cup qualification. <laughs> this is brilliant. It's the most niche game, okay? Oh, now, no. the Caribbean Cup used to be called the Shell Cup, all right? I remember that. So, obviously, some of the smaller nations had to qualify for the tournament. Now, to give you a bit of context, they, the people who organised the competition experimented a bit of the rules to draw up a bit of interest in it. So. I've got to read out a couple of rules to give the game I'm going to talk to you about some massive, massive context, okay? So, what they had was, if the game was level at full time, okay, it went to a golden goal, which doesn't sound weird. Yeah. But, for some reason, not only won the match, it counted as double, which is important, okay? So, six points if you won. No, the goal counted as double. So if the score is one all and you score in golden goal, it goes to three one. Because the reason oh, being for goal difference, for oh, goal difference, because the group stages there were no ties, there was no draws. Taking aside, that's generally a really good idea to make extra time more interesting. Oh, exactly. Well, this is where it gets very, you very, extra time. no, very, yeah, very interesting. Like so they didn't want draws in the qualifiers. Okay. So goal difference is of huge importance. So we're going back to the this competition. Goals count double in extra time. Oh, really important. Going on, yeah. Exactly. So, we're going to when Barbados played Granada, okay? Big game. Well, it is a big game because game. both teams Free could qualify. Both teams could... <laughs> both Barbados and Granada could qualify for the Shell Cup, but on the one condition that Barbados didn't win by... Um, they need to win by, sorry, by, by two, two clear goals. goals okay? Oh, that's a joke. So, obviously, Edge, as, long as, as long as Granada stayed within a goal of Barbados, they were through, okay? Going into the last game. Barbados 
racing to a 2-0 lead. Oh. So as it stands at that current point, Barbados are through, okay? In the 83rd minute, Granada pull one back. So now, obviously, the two-gap goal difference has gone. Granada are currently going through, okay? So they had to defend, exactly. So Barbados threw everything at them, but they couldn't score. Two minutes from the end, the manager had the great idea of, if we can level the game to make it two all, it will go to extra time. That gives us half an hour then to get yeah, the two goals. Well, but remember, the two goals can come from one goal because it's the golden goal. Yeah. So that. then you've got a team that deliberately wants to go to extra time. So exactly. So what then? So what happened was then. Granada got wind of this through listening to the instructions and realised that um, Barbados were going to try and score an own goal. Yeah. So we had the unusual situation oh, whoa, 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 where, whoa, hang on, wait, wait, where Granada were defending both goals. So let, let me let me clear this up. Yeah, Craig. Uh, Barbados were leading. They were 2 0 up, yeah, then it goes to 2 1. Yeah, but Barbados needed the two goals. Yeah, yeah. So Barbados are winning by one goal, right? They've got two minutes to score another goal to go two goals ahead. But they say if we let in one, then we've got half an hour to score one goal, which will count as a 2 0 win. Rather than or having two minutes to score the one goal, they can give themselves oh, so half an hour to score right. the one goal. So you said Barbados were defending. Sorry, Barbados, uh, Granada were defending both goals. And, well, they weren't at first. They weren't, at first, Granada was just defending their goal because Barbados had seven minutes to get a goal. So why did Barbados need to score a goal? Well, here, that's what I'm saying. Get to, you're getting to this, Craig. So there was a one-goal gap, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah? So they needed to win by two clear goals. So at 2-1, they weren't through, were they? Oh, were they winning 2-1? Yes, they were winning 2-1. Oh, right, yeah, right. Okay. Yes. Craig never listens uh, to your... No, I was, I was, I, no. He's watching Dundee, the <laughs> Morton. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, sorry, sorry, carry on, sorry. So, I know, I know. so then Granada obviously had to then go and defend both goals. Right. So they're trying to stop Barbados scoring in their goal and equally trying to stop them scoring an own goal. Yeah. So you've got a team who are trying to, a team who's trying to defend both goals and a team who's trying to score in both goals. Uh, sorry, also score in both goals. Barbados managed, and you can watch the footage on YouTube, it's absolutely hilarious. Barbados managed to get a throw, throw it back to the defender who wallops it into his own goal taking the game to extra time. Obviously now that means that then, um, currently two all, but it gives Barbados half an hour to get two goals. Or one goal that counts as two. One goal that counts as two, okay. Right. So we're now going into extra time. So the basically the crux of the story is, can Barbados get that winning golden goal to put them through with two goals left? Mm -hmm. Or obviously, Granada are defending for their lives. It doesn't really matter whether they score or not, because they're currently through. Unfortunately, Five minutes into extra time, Barbados scored and they managed to get through and qualify for the Shell Cup where they finished bottom of their group and didn't win a single point. <laughs> but the moral of the story is at one point for about six minutes of a football match, there was Granada defending both goals, Barbados trying to score in both goals because one goal at either end either kept the tie alive for them or put them through. So just to finish it off, just get the, um, the feelings of the managers after the game. Uh, James Clarkson, who was the Granadan manager, said I feel cheated the person who came up with these rules must be a candidate for the madhouse the game should never have been played with so many players running around the field confused our players did not even know which direction to attack our goal or their goal I've never seen this happen before in, your, in football you are supposed to score against the opponents to win not for them which basically sums up the game beautifully that to have a football match where you've got two teams trying to defend a goal sorry one team trying to defend both goals and another team trying to score in both goals because of some stupid rule because it's it baffling. It is baffling, but hopefully that situation will never happen again. However, just to give you a little bit of a teaser, the next three or four weeks, I've got a theme through my tales of the unexpected, okay? So next week is an equally baffling football match that you're going to hear about. 
And now it's time for any other business, and we start off with more VAR controversy. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, because VAR is shit. <laughs> um, That's not true. No, some bits are good in VAR. Like, for example, the bright, the, the um, no, no, Bertrand uh, red card. Can that we, was can correct. We, can we make a clear statement here? And I, I defy anyone to argue with me. Okay, VAR is good. The people using it are morons. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best way of summing it up. But it's still shit. Um, so Germany, uh, I can't remember the game because I, I don't have my notes here because I completely forgot. But the ball went off for a uh, guy that shot went off for a goal. Wait, so far wide. It was in the Bundesliga two. Wasn't well, you you know you German football, you should know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ball went uh, wide of the target and it was one the substitute. Yeah, just past the six yard box. And they, um, one of the substitutes who was warming up behind the goal stopped the ball from going out, well. Well, he stopped the ball to give it back to the keeper, yeah. but, but However, about half the ball hadn't crossed the line, yeah. which is so, what the problem is. Give a bit of backstory to it. He's a, a new signing, isn't he? And he hadn't played a single minute, and that's technically the only touch he's had on the pitch since he signed for them. And he didn't come on in that game either. Well, the funny thing about that is, also we we had the discussion uh, back in last season about the IFAB uh, rule changes, and uh, IFAB introduced this rule at that time. So and we, we failed to mention. And we put the <laughs> note. Well, I didn't know that was a no. Uh, no, I don't think anyone. It mentioned. wasn't a headline, was no. it? No. So VAR had a look at it and uh, gave the team the penalty and booked the substitute. So I have problems on both sides of this, Craig. So my problem on the on the normal side of it, as the other two are engrossed in Dundee v Greenock Moor, <laughs> uh, the the problem I have from the player side is what a fucking stupid thing to do. Just let the ball go out of play. Yeah. Sorry, there's the explicit on the episode. Uh, and secondly is in terms of VAR it's there to A stop clear and obvious errors which is fine and yes rule books are there for silly things and whatever that's not clear and obvious however however forget the clear and obvious forget if in the rule book it is a clear error and whatever the problem I have is the ball was rolling out for a goal kick let's be honest the ball was basically over the line it was just trying to give the keeper the ball back yeah common sense has to come above rules and I teach this as whenever I'm training anyone in any role in a workplace it's this is the rules 95% of the time, but I expect the last 5% yeah. to see common sense. And that is never applied now. It's like hiding behind a rule with um, stupidity. My criticism over it is, why are they warming up so close to the goal? Yeah, but even that it's side... It's something that can't happen in England, isn't it? No. But that aside, I just feel like we... I thought you, VAR, the idea of it was, supposed to, it was supposed to be used sparingly. As in, you sent off the wrong man, or you know, which happened with West Brom on the weekend, didn't you? I think, believe they he, did the referee send off the wrong. Yeah, ref, uh, referee sent the wrong man. That's where VAR that, that is like, obviously. Yeah, but there was no VAR. No, no but the point I'm making yes. is that's where it should be used. Or did he punch him? You know, that sort of thing. That, not did his foot go a yard on the pitch when the ball had gone five yards wide? Do you know what I mean? I, I just feel like we're that's too needy. It's too well, it just—it's completely but unnecessary. That's, that's changing the course of football for an incident that otherwise wouldn't have been an issue whatsoever. It's not, it's not an issue. It's, it's not an issue regardless. The ball's going. Well, it is an issue because they've given a penalty now, and yeah. it's changed the yeah, course. I know, of the game. but like, it's not—it wasn't harming anyone. The shot's gone so far wide. It's not like he's delivering run across the goal and there's blocked a, there's it on a the lot line, of wrong isn't on both sides. There's why on earth were you there doing that? And why on earth would you use VAR for that? That's there's one way of solving this, and that is to completely get rid of the thing until we can come up with some sort of way that it doesn't piss everyone off and, and ruin the game of football. It's funny how... So, I mean, just, just 
bin it off, please. Do you know how funny? Gone. It's funny that we're talking more about incidents this season with VAR yeah. than last season without VAR. They should, we shouldn't. In my opinion, we shouldn't even know that it was there. And the fact is, at the minute, you know it's there every single minute, nearly of every single game. The, the, the VAR, people VAR, manning VAR, VAR at the moment are as reliable as a political party. Yeah, exactly. Um, you gonna add something? Or no, I, I was, but I'm not now because it's pointless. Oh, okay, right. Moving on, just really, really quickly. I wanted to talk. To, you know, Hearts have just well. They've sacked Craig Levine. I wanted to get your perspective on this. Really as manager quickly. and director. And, but they've kept him on as a like youth development His contract, his contract runs out at the end yeah, of the season. Part of me would be a bit cynical and think, is he going to give his best to this new role that he's got in developing the, the youth um, systems coaching and all of that? They're basically like a technical director of the youth thing. Well, maybe he's gone from first team manager and director of football to basically someone who's probably quite far down the pecking order. I'd argue the opposite way around. I'd argue that's a, a big thing for him to say. You've got to love football to do that. Yeah, for him, yeah. But oh, I suppose he's being paid to do that. And I imagine he must still be on the same contract as what he was. I doubt that. Well, I don't see how they could do that. Oh, what's the point change his contract when his contract runs out at the end of the year? But they can't, we're surely not going to change his contract. That's what I'm saying. He'll be, be, paid, be paid as a first-team manager to essentially be 8th, ninth, 10th man. But he is a very experienced manager. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good coach. So I just I think it's bizarre. Him. I just honestly think it's such a bizarre... I watched the game they played. Was it Rangers on the TV the week before? Yeah. Rangers or Celtic. They were really good. Yeah. Well, they've got Rangers on this Sunday as the time of recording. In, I think it's at the semi-final of the League Cup or something like that. So, sacking him just before that. Look, obviously, you know... Well, they, lost, they, lost the, the, they lost the other day. To I just feel like if you put oh, it... Sorry, St. Johnston. If you put it in our jobs, it'd be like us doing going from the role we're doing now to somewhere... Some, I'm not going to name them because it's not fair to do it, but to a fairly... So it's essentially us going to be an apprentice, isn't it? Yeah, almost, yeah. yeah. Like, would you honestly give your best to the role? Would, would they just... If they're going to pay him anyway, would it have been better to just put him on gardening leave? I don't know. But yeah, that's... A bit um, of a bizarre thing. Can I can I bring a returning feature back, which is uh, my favourite transfer of the week? Yeah, go for it. Um, obviously, we've had some bizarre ones in the last few weeks. The likes of Gary Hooper turning up in uh, various countries across the world. Yeah. Um, but this one relates to a former Premier League player who was famous for being turned for one of the most famous Premier League goals. Go on in. And that man is Nikos Davizas. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. No, I've seen this. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. not Nikos Davizas himself, but right. his son. Say he's not come back out. No, he? his son has uh, joined a club in Newcastle. And the club are called Newcastle Benfield. Uh, okay, oh, so not Newcastle, is it? No, 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 non-league side, non-league side. How far down the pyramid are we talking? Uh, we are talking step four, I believe. It is the Northern League Division One, and yes, step four of the non-league pyramid. So wow. he goes straight into the squad for, I believe, an FA Vars or FA Trophy, Trophy qualifier. Uh, one last thing for me is, uh, obviously we know we love the EFL Trophy, the Leeson.com Trophy, as it's well known. Craig is being sarcastic for those of <laughs> Yeah. And uh, Ajax, Ajax have got a ban. Uh, this this uh, is just really pissed me off. <laughs> this is ruining football. So, ruining football. His story is Ajax have got a ban from uh, UEFA uh, over fan trouble, so they can't go to watch them. Chelsea, is it? Watch Chelsea yeah. at Stamford Bridge. Right. However, 2,500 Ajax fans are still coming over to England. But they're going to watch Leighton Orient. Yeah. I assume that's probably the only other club playing in London at, the at time. that time. Which is brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's in the Leighton.com trophy. However, the Football League have decided to switch the days. Why, though? Why? I haven't got a clue. Yeah, that's that's deliberately taking money and support yeah. out of their game. I can't work it out. And especially, I mean, in the politest way possible, the Leasing.com games are hardly ever... Well, not hardly. They never sell out fixtures at the best of times, are they? So 2,000 probably is about... 
1,995 people more than what they would have got for a normal yeah. Leasing.com game. They're, 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 play, yeah. they're playing Brighton um, under 21s. It's not like Brighton are going to bring a load of people up. Oh, exactly. You're not even going to have an away end, are you? It's, oh. it's, on it. it's one of those stories that just made me really sad and just thought, football is now not a fan's game. Anymore. No, no, gosh, no. It's been taken However, out. However, I did see a tweet. Uh, it said, thanks very much, Met Police. We're now going to spend an extra day. We're going to have a first day in the pub watching the Ajax Chelsea and the second day we're still going to watch Leighton or it'll be... Uh, Oh, I hope they do. I hope they, I, do, I hope they do because that will be one. Thing, obviously, it will add to some atmosphere because obviously, Ajax fans. Mm. I, I think Ajax fans will respect. Yeah. Uh, Leighton Orient. Sad thing is, the ground. They won't tear it up. Do you know what the really sad thing is? The Ajax fans, most of them will be lovely, but as with any football fans, there's always a few standouts. There's going to be more trouble with them going on the piss box yeah, yeah, the exactly. pub than there would have been if they'd gone to the Orient. Exactly. It's exactly. a lose-lose situation yeah. for everyone. Because you know, the you FL, is, Leighton, all yeah, you know what some Chelsea fans are like because they're stupid as hell. And that, that applies I mean, to any football club. Well, no, but mainly Chelsea. No, but, um, that, those are the views of Craig Savage. It applies to any football club. I'm a Luton fan. There are some fucking idiots. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I know. I know every football club has an idiot, but mainly are Chelsea fans. But <laughs> they. Um, but you, yeah, you're gonna get aggro in the pub because some people just most Chelsea fans disagree on everything. But yeah, as you said. Obviously, to go and watch Leighton Orient, I think that would have been a really nice, it would have created yeah. an atmosphere, but the EFL have fucked I, I feel up like again. The slight recurring theme we've had throughout this episode for various different things is a lack of common sense, and I think that's what's being taken out of football, and normally common sense brings enjoyment, and we seem to be taking a lot of that out, and therefore losing a lot of enjoyment. Um, really, really quickly, I've got two more things, one slightly bigger topic, but the first one I wanted to go through was, you know the famous uh, Marseille goalkeeper Steve Mandanda? Yes. Yes. Formerly Crystal Palace for a year. Yeah, so um, his youngest brother, Riffy, is going to make the unique uh, record of being the third of three brothers to play for their national team. So, And what makes it unique about that is all three were goalkeepers. So you've got Steve, who's now 34, who had 30 um, caps for uh, France and was part of their World Cup winning squad. Then you had um, his younger brother, let me get this right, Parfait. Now forgive me the That's pronunciation of that one. Yeah, so he won 17 caps for the um, under... 21. 21, thank you very much. And now the youngest one, Riffy, is, has been named in the under-17 uh, team and he's uh, plays for Boulogne, which is, well, I think, like a third division club in France. But all three have gone through the national system and all three have been goalkeepers. A nice story. Nice story. It is now time for our favourite quiz. Charlie's on the board after the last yes, episode. Yes, come on. It's now just training by eight to one. Yes. And what is the quiz called, lads? Can, Can you name them? That's right. I have no idea why they do it. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you a simple question. So I'm going to ask you the question... Ask you, can you name them? And you're hopefully going to give me the so answer. So you're going to ask us a question. I'm going to yeah. ask you the question, <laughs> and we're can you name them? them? We're going to name them. <laughs> that's the idea. That's, that's how it works. So we're going for a little bit of a theme. Charlie obviously prefers the national ones because he can just take a stab in the dark. Good. Um, and we, we've had some success in recent times with Iceland and oh Portugal God, players. Oh, um, so I've gone I've gone for a little bit of a different... Kazakhstan. <laughs> Not quite Kazakhstan. Um, New Pakistan. I have gone, Craig Savage, you'll be pleased to know, for Hungary. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, so these are Hungarian players who played in the so, Premier League. So, there are... One, there are ten... Two. Hun- there are ten Hungarian players who have played in the Premier League. Now, the reason I've chosen them is because all of them are in the 21st century, bar right. one. So, so I, I think you'll be able to have a bit more of an understanding. There are some cracking names on here, and at the end, the ones you don't get are going to be brilliant. 
But I I've, think I've got one. I've got, I've got I, I think three. we're gonna have a bit of fun here, and a bit like the Icelandic one's gonna frustrate you. Right. So Craig and Charlie, oh, Craig. can you name some of the Hungarian players that have played in the Premier League? Now, based on the fact we've had nine episodes, I believe it will then be Charlie's go to go first. So, I Charlie, I, I think I'm going to have to go with the only one I know, which I think is Zoltan Gira. Zoltan Gira, Charlie, is a correct answer. Obviously, played for both West Brom and Fulham, both famously, and that runs the Europa League final. Not for West Brom, though. Not for um, West Brom. I'll go for the, the legend that is Gabor Kirai. <laughs> so, the reason I picked the quiz, as you probably know, the man I spent tracky. my whole Sunday League career imitating, Gabor Kirai. Of Crystal Palace and Villa. I, think I don't know if he is, but I've only got one more player after this. So we've now named two out of or ten. Two. We've got seven more from the 21st uh, century, Charlie. So can you name me another uh, one? I, got, I think I, I don't know if he's Hungarian. Though. I know when it's a good quiz when they get all these sort of sounds out of you. I, don't, I mean, like this is. I'm going completely on names now. This is a, a complete stab in the dark. I think. Just guess, mate. Because I'm, I'm probably with you. In this I'm one. trying to think who I might have played. Uh, on FIFA or Pro Evo, who's you say one, only one player is not in this one? One player not from the 21st century, and there's a West Ham name in there. It's brief, but he's 21st century. Oh, this quiz is brief. I'm going to have to. It will be. I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to go and name Igor Bishkan. Um, I'm afraid Ooh. not. He was Croatian. Uh, was uh, <laughs> I heard Igor and went Hungarian. Obviously, a Liverpool <laughs> flop. Um, so, Craig, you have the chance to win it. I'm sure you'll be able to name off one or two of these names. So, can you name one for me? Um. I've got two, and I don't know if they're actually Hungarian. I'm going for the old school player. I'm going to go for proper old school. The only non-21st century player, Sasha Kurtic. And can you give me uh, the other one you had in your mind? Lukas Mihojevic. Um, so you'll be pleased to know that neither of those are Hungarian. So oh, fantastic. Oh, fuck. Right. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Then. I'm out. <laughs> right, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hungarian. I don't need to get one now, don't I? In fact, of the players remaining, the most recent one to play in the Premier League is the goalkeeper that's remaining. Oh, no. <laughs> there's no. some great sounds here, no. but Charlie is looking like I'm no, like, he's, he is he's... a kid lost in a Toy Story. <laughs> um, um, Charlie Betts, can you right. please give me that? Uh, I, I can't, so I am going to go for... <laughs> No, it's not racist. No, no, no. <laughs> Stig Bjorn Uh No, he's no, Norwegian. No, 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 no. Uh, Luka Milivojevic is Serbian. Uh, right. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, sorry. He's an active international. Craig, come on, you got to do it. Otherwise, this, this actually becomes a, a, this, a draw. This could, draw. this could go on forever. This could be a draw because I'm, I'm absolutely stunned. If you both get three wrong answers in a row, we will go to a tiebreaker. Okay, right. <laughs> How's the tiebreaker going to work? We both got three answers wrong. Don't worry, don't um, worry. Craig, I'm going to have to press you for an answer. Oh, I'm shut up. Um, <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to give you one more chance to fling a name in the hat, Charlie. Right, so, uh, I saw him's Fossich, but he's not. This is not my answer. For a second, I thought Marion Parhals was Hungarian. Oh! <laughs> Latvian. But he's not, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess he's not. I, I think he might be Mexican, but I'm going to go for Elan, who used to play for Mexico. He is uh, Mexican. <laughs> he is Mexican. Uh, I'm afraid not, Charlie. So we're, we're, we'll call that one a draw. Yeah, uh, we're going to get anyway, guys. Um, uh, would you like me to rattle through the other names so I can put you into misery? Yeah, please. Um, the most recent one, which was one of the other goalkeepers, is Adam Bogdan. Oh, oh. and Liverpool he number three. He is rubbish. Never, never would have thought he was Hungarian. He is never rubbish. Uh, the other goalkeeper uh, played for three Premier League clubs, unfortunately passed away at a young age. Uh, Martin Fuller, oh. Sunderland, oh. had that little yeah. spell at Manchester City when yeah. they ran out of goalkeepers and West Bromwich Albion. Next one, the Hungarian wizard. Akos Buzaki at QPR. Oh, oh shit, when have got that. Uh, next on the list, Hull left winger. Anyone want to go for it? Peter Hal Mosey. We've had him on. Peter Hal Mosey. Soccer, plenty of times. Was he, um, was he um, 
Plymouth. You played for Plymouth. He did play for Plymouth. Then he went to Hull and they came up with Phil I Brown. Never would have got that one. I, I haven't got any clubs. Uh, the one from the nineties who only featured in the first ever Premier League season for oh, Liverpool. Istvan Cosma. Never heard no, of him. No, never no, that. No. Um, Are you telling us to get that one? No, no. West Ham centre half. He joins half a year at quite experience was a player called Peter Carus. He only made two league appearances. There you go. Yeah, so he came along as a backup cover. Was he Harry Redneck sign? Um, no idea. And then the last two, two of the most bang average strikers you'll ever get. Former Watford player, played for Ipswich in the lower Heide leagues Helgeson? as well. No, no, not Heiner Helgeson. He is not. He was in the Iceland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Tamas Priskin. Oh, oh yeah. Portsmouth. Never would have got And then the final one, the one season wonder with Crystal Palace, made a few appearances alongside Andy Johnson in that famous 0405 season. Sandor Torgeli. No. Oh, Torgeli. Oh. That doesn't sound like a, a, a Hungarian name. Oh, well, well, I'm afraid it is, Craig. That so, was very good. What a farce. So it's a quiz that none of you know the answer to, which is exactly what we were going for. And I'm afraid that I think you've gone a bit too hard. I've managed to score any points. I thought that was going to be easier than the. Icelandic what do you think that one. was going to be easy? Easier than the Icelandic one, but you have let me down, and your football knowledge is appalling. <laughs> and that is it for today's ramble. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. You can also check us out on Spotify. And don't forget, we've got a new series of my favourite game. Check that out; it's fantastic. And we'll see you next time.